a question about why did you send the notification to makeup look good good Got it. Uh, I mean, personally, I haven't used it, so I I don't know that I necessarily have a lot to contribute on that one. I know the ranges don't like it sometimes because uh, it doesn't recycle to the extent that brass does, but, you know, it's picked out with a magnet, so it's not that much of a deal, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, casing, my understanding is most ranges are not in favor of steel casing, because generally speaking, that's going to be a less expensive round to buy. And some of that includes steel cores in the lead itself. And so kind of as a blanket, a lot of ranges say no steel casing, no steel cores, but they use the word casing. And I mean, the casing itself is fine. I mean, every gun's a little bit different. Sometimes a gun might like it more than another. Um, I've used them plenty of times. They seem to work fine. I mean, great for outdoor shooting. Well, now maybe you guys can hear me on the stream. <laughs> Definitely a lot of technical difficulties tonight, guys. We're trying to step up the production value, and um, it's a, a learning curve for me. It's not anything I'm used to. So we're talking about steel core ammo. You guys heard AJ and Jim, hopefully. Um, so what I was saying is a lot of times steel core ammo is and has been produced overseas. It's uh, going to be steel cased and steel core. That's why often ranges will run a magnet over your rounds to make sure there's no steel core. That steel core can, one, damage their bullet traps, and two, if they have the rubber bullet catches, it can spark fires. Um, to AJ's point, ranges don't necessarily like it, uh, Jim's point as well, because now they don't get that good premium dollar amount for their brass scrap metal. Um, so some of the common brands you see for steel cased are going to be Wolf, Tula, CCI, Blazer, 
Additionally, you'll find them with aluminum as well. I've had no issue with aluminum cased ammo, steel cased ammo. You know, some people do believe that it is going to be harder on the gun, right? It's going to be more aggressive on your um, extractors. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's really a, a valid concern. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you guys have heard? Have you heard that before? Oops. I mean, steel is inherently stronger or harder than brass, right? Um, you know, I, I know there's a byproduct there of that hardness that sometimes, you know, I've heard people say it doesn't seal against the chamber as well as brass does because of that harder metal, it doesn't expand as well. Um, and that goes back to, you know, some guns obviously like it better than others, and I'm sure there's diameters and and, uh, and things that make a difference in that, and, and maybe caliber size, I don't, I don't know. I haven't done that much research or tried enough to, to matter. Um, a lot of people think it's a lot dirtier, and I know that can be a byproduct of that lack of sealing, right? Because you're going to get more blowback, so that seal isn't there, which means obviously more exhaust gases, more... Uh, Obviously, in turn, carbon build up from those gases and, and material burning up inside the chamber there. But I mean, overall, um, every gun's a little different. It's like cars, you know. Some cars don't work as well as the gas on the gas FA cells that holiday cells. You know, sometimes the mixture is just a little different, and each car is different, each gun is different, each bullet is different. So, right. I mean. You like to think all ammo works in every every gun, but some guns just don't like to run certain types of ammo. It just has to do with how they're uh, how they're handled. So, well, yeah, yeah, that brings up a point that is definitely off topic, but that's why whatever gun you carry and whatever ammunition you choose to use for your carry gun, you need to test, you know, at least a few dozen, if not a couple of boxes. To make, make sure that particular ammo works. And the last thing you need is a big bad guy is coming at you to your gun to malfunction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, speaking of that, right? Well, sure, you know, there's a security murder in the group by you. Yeah. My understanding is steel doesn't work for that, right? Correct. Steel is not. I've heard steel is reloadable. It's one-time-use ammunition, yeah. and then it's, it's just a pile of recyclable steel. Yeah, I, I, I've heard it's reloadable. It's not common. It's not something you see often. Aluminum's not. Bimetal is not. Really, brass is the malleable metal. That's the one that's easy to press and, and re easy to reform. Um, yeah, I don't even bother with the... Uh, you know, steel, or even the defensive ammo, which is generally uh, nickel-plated brass, I believe. So I wanted to differentiate between carry ammo, you know, your your spear, gold dots, um, your some of your hornadies, you know, they're going to be a nickel-plated brass. And the reason they do that, uh, to be clear, is that allows it to be a little more corrosion-resistant, which you want in carry ammo, right? It's it's going to be in your gun, it's going to be on your body, it's going to pick up dirt, materials, sweat, um, moisture, right? It's going to be coming from inside, uh, temperature extremes, inside the house, outside the house, especially here in Minnesota. Uh, so that nickel-plated brass helps it be more corrosion resistant. It also gives it a lower coefficient of friction. Basically, it makes it a more slippery metal, which hopefully eliminates any feed issues that you may experience. Which is more extraction than bolt, I would imagine. Absolutely, which is a it's still a slide to come back up. Right, I want my defensive ammo, if I ever, for heaven forbid, need it, to function perfectly. Um, you know, you you touched on the reloading thing, and uh, that's something I've heard is you know there's there's guys out there trying to make a buck, whatever, and they're they're selling reloaded ammunition on the side. Uh, Rule one of reloading, in my opinion, right? I don't. I didn't write the book. I haven't been at it. I'm sure there are people watching who know more about reloading than I do now, and may ever. You don't let anybody else shoot your reloads, and you don't shoot anybody else's reloads. That's rule one. It's very simple for somebody to 
have a double charge, right? Double powder, you know, not paying attention, kids in the background, what have you, and you charge a powder twice, and now you got a nine millimeter that has a lot more power. And if you're not in a modern firearm or a well-maintained firearm, that could potentially be an issue. You start stepping that up to larger cartridges, right? And they have the wrong powder charge, or it's crimped too tight, or your overall length is wrong and they've just pressed it down um, or they've left too much space right you can run into serious issues so while there are people out there selling reloads I would caution everybody only shoot reloads if you are the one that has relo reloaded it um, that's just my little soapbox moment um, it's a good one though yeah man well I'll I'll be 100% honest with everybody on that's that's watching and may watch. Um, and I haven't even mentioned this to you guys yet, it just didn't come up. I had a, a, a squib load off of one of my reloads not too long ago. Um, I pay attention when I'm, when I'm shooting my reloads, right? I haven't been reloading for a very long time and I'm not super, you know, I'm not doing it every day, right? It's I, I reload a bunch and then I, you know, as I shoot through them, three months from now I'll reload again, right? Totally had a squib load. Um, didn't didn't scare me. I, I caught it. You know, no issues there. But that's enough for me to say I will never ever let anybody shoot any of my reloads. Yeah, I shot some years six weeks ago. Did you? Well, this was after that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that gun can handle pretty much anything you throw at it. At least I like to think it can. Yeah, that won't be happening again, Jim, because. Um, <laughs> Dude, it really got me thinking. Like, cool. I caught the, I caught the squib with somebody else. Um, no, I, I hear that's, that's totally reasonable. You just, you just can't, can't take on that kind of liability. So, you know, I just wanted to touch on again. I'm gonna. I'm, brass cased is, you know, you, too good range ammo. Full metal jacket, brass cased is good. Steel ammo, yeah, it's available right now. It's cheaper than brass, but you're probably not going to be able to shoot it at any of the ranges we're familiar with. Um, if you find polymer jacketed ammo, no issues like that, like Federal Syntec, um, other stuff like that, don't don't be afraid of that ammo. Um, I've never had issues with it. Supposedly it runs pretty clean. It's a little more cost effective generally than a full metal jacket. I don't know. Do you guys get? I mean, what? Do, I think we kind of beat this one to the ground, right? I don't have to talk about. It. I mean, times, times are tough, tough right now. You, uh, <laughs> you're either gonna buy the cheap ammo and use it, you're gonna buy the cheap ammo and not use it, or you're not gonna buy the cheap ammo. So, let's let's clarify: cheap means quality. Nothing is cheaper than price these days. Very true. Yeah. If, Armless has had some crazy prices for like a case of nine millimeter. It's I'm not joking. I saw like six hundred dollars for a case of like Fioki 115 grain uh, nine millimeter. Like it's pretty incredible. I know. Well, I mean, if you look at the stuff we're buying for the company, I would say we are several grades below what we would normally buy in quality, and the price is about quadruple what we've been paying. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's to the point where when I am on, uh, when I'm at the range and I'm shooting, or, or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing qualification shoots, I'm not even shooting ammo right now. It's, it's maybe, maybe a magazine worth, you know, 10 rounds uh, on the, the, the SIG P365, that's it. Um, you know, and, and we're, we've been at this a little while, right? We all have our... We all have a little bit of ammo on hand, right? So, uh, a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to give away your guys' secrets. Uh, yeah, right? So <laughs> I, have, I have six rounds. <laughs> six rounds. Give or take. Exactly six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I throw them at the target, then I wait for the range to be cleared, I go get them, and I throw them again, right? Not even shooting them. Yeah, uh... You know, we're not hurting. We're not the ones out there running and buying ammo. I do feel for all the new people who who are just trying to get some ammo and just trying to get some practice in, right? Um, if we're lucky, second quarter of 2021, maybe we'll have ammo. 
Yeah, with any luck. With right? any luck. Uh, I don't know. Um, cool. Uh, I wanted to touch on lasers. I wanted to get each of your opinion on lasers on a pistol. Jim, let's start with you. What's your thoughts? <laughs> the, the first thing I want to say is you whenever somebody goes to the range to do a test, is that a good laser? I'm like, I don't care. care. But, but you better be really freaking, freaking good. good. Um, I'll, I'll let you know, know the first time it happens. The guys with the lasers are the worst shooters. Guys and gals, guys and gals. They assume that the laser is going to let them shoot well without them knowing or applying any fundamentals. Yeah. And you can't shoot with the sights, a laser is not going to make you better. AJ, thoughts? I had it better myself. There's not a guy who shot better with a laser than has shot, you know, versus the guy without one. Never one has the guy with the laser beat that. Yeah, I had a, I had a guy uh, on the range this last weekend had a revolver with a laser, and he knew it was off. He was, he, the laser was on, but he wasn't even looking at it. It was hitting, like, the bottom of the cardboard and even below, and he shouldn't serve the bullseye. I, I don't even know why he had it on, but... My favorite story is I had an old man come in, and I'm, I'm 50 now, so old man means retirement age or older. And he's got a, a gun with a laser on it, and he shoots a pretty good score. In the meantime, behind me, his wife is playing with the plastic, you know, dummy gun that I bring, and I notice that she's left eye dominant. So she's never handled a gun before in her life. She's right-handed, and I tell her she has to take the, the, the test with her left hand. Now, her husband used the laser and got 97 out of 100. She didn't use the laser, had never touched a gun before, and I knew she was the wrong hand, and she beat him. She got 100 out of 100. So he was a little bit upset after that. And I think rightfully so. Oh, yeah, so. That's pretty good. Most of the time, they don't even get 97 if they're using the laser. <laughs> yeah, that, might have been, that might have been the best laser shooting I've seen. Yeah, generally, when you say, can I use the laser? I'm like, oh, God. Okay, let's see how bad you are. Yeah, so people don't train to their sights, right? They don't train to the front sight focus. They, they're they training themselves to look at that dot. They're not paying attention to the gun. They're not paying attention to anything else. All of their focus is stolen by that laser. Um, and, I mean, are you really going to be looking for a laser in said situation that you need it? No. Uh, all that being said, infrared lasers are absolutely amazing. You can have a laser on a gun if you take the range and stuff like that, but at least the way I carry a gun, I'm concerned that if I'm relying on something that uses a battery, that if I ever need it, it's not going to be there when I need it. If I had a job where I was carrying every day in the library or in the military, and I was replacing batteries on a regular schedule, maybe. But I am not going to put a battery on something that just doesn't get used often enough to test the battery like that. So, uh, I didn't really plan to talk on the, about this. I don't really have any thoughts myself. I don't, I don't have any either. You guys have a flashlight on any of your firearms? I do not. I also do that. Um, but I do keep one with my home protection gun. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't train with the flashlight on my gun, so, I don't know, I don't do it. Well, I, you know, I'm a big one for, I'm trying to stay concealed, you know, especially if I've got a gun that's swallowed up and I put it in my pocket, and a flashlight is just going to mess that up. So, if I were to be carrying open, I mean, if I was a police officer carrying open all the time, maybe I would have a flashlight on that, but... As long as I'm trying to be the gray man and stay concealed, I don't think a flashlight is going to work for me. A separate one, maybe, but not attached to the gun. Yeah, I mean, I can 100% get on board with the flashlight. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons, right? Especially home defense um, scenario where you wake up in the middle of the night to a noise, you want to check it out, something like that. I mean, going into it blind can only exasperate a, an already tense situation. And, I mean, having a flashlight attached is, is far and away one of the best accessories you could have. In this. I mean, just 
coincidence, there's the flashlights. I mean, I, I do have one nearby, but I don't have one on my gun. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't playing. That's, that's where it was. <laughs> Yeah, I was just curious. I don't have one either. It's maybe something I'm overlooking, AJ. Uh, similar to you, yeah, I have a, a reliable flashlight near the uh, firearm that I'm going to use for home defense, but I don't know. I would be I, something I'm going to look into, uh, see if it's something to add into the training regimen a little better. I don't know. All right. I mean, just, just like, like anything else with your gun... gun if you, if you do have one, and I'm not saying you, but anybody who does, you have to train with it. Otherwise, in a scenario in which you pull that thing out, if you haven't trained to turn that thing on when you pull your gun, it's not going to be on, and you're not going to use it, and it's uh, money wasted. Yep, so I 100%, I, I endorse putting one on your gun, if that's how you feel, and more power to you. Train with it. Train, train, train. train. Yeah, absolutely. Training, anything. Any any new wrinkle to your carry, right? New holster, make sure you understand it. New magazine extended, anything like that, right? Figure it out, train to it, train to it. Until it's muscle memory, and then, then do it some more. Uh, holsters. Let's talk holsters. And let's, let's not think about it from our standpoint, where we've all spent stupid money, you know, uh, Bad money after good money, um, good money after bad money on on holsters. We all, we saw in the Facebook group a heavily commented uh, question about the need to have a holster for a firearm, both from <laughs> a legal standpoint, like in Minnesota, must I have my firearm in a holster if I'm going to carry it on me, and then also from a is it a good idea standpoint, right? So. I'll be, I'll be very blunt, if you are going to carry, I think you should and must have a holster, otherwise you're asking for problems. So I, I don't believe that, I shouldn't say, you're not required to have a holster on your firearm. To the best of my knowledge, Jim, you can correct me if I am uh, wrong there, you can go get one of those foolish little clips that attach to your gun, you can clip, literally clip your gun inside your belt and you can carry like that legally. The problem is when you look at the reasons that you want a holster, and then you look at all the things that you can do to say they mitigate those effects, and now you're carrying a gun that's not useful. You know, you want the trigger guard covered by your holster so you can't accidentally get pulled. There's all kinds of stories out there about triggers getting pulled, even inside holsters, but especially when they're being carried without one. What's the response? Well, I don't care if one of the trigger. Well, then you're carrying a rock. Yep. Well, I won't be a brick. Yeah. And, and okay, let's just pour this one out. I want to do is say, well, it's good enough for the Israeli army. I don't want to hear about how an army carries. No. Because armies function entirely different than we do. That is just not an apples to apples comparison. I don't want to hear about the Israeli army. They are an entirely different entity with an entirely different set of circumstances surrounding their use of the gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I grabbed a bunch of holsters that I have laying around. Um, figured, you know, show them off, talk about them a little bit, get your guys' input on them. Um, so... One of my favorite guns to carry, because it's so easy, is a, a little LCP-380 and LCP-2. Uh, one thing, we can't really, we potentially will run afoul of Facebook's rules and regulations if we have a firearm on a live stream. So, just holsters, no firearm, Some hopefully everybody will still get the premise behind them. Oh. So, starting with that little 380 that fits in my, my pocket, right? I just have this little holster that it slides right into, fits in my pocket, contours to my pocket. Simple, easy, right? Covers the trigger, fits the firearm, not going to have any issues carrying this, not going to accidentally discharge my firearm. It's also super comfortable, super lightweight. Uh, best part of it, it came with the firearm, right? It's... it's my camera's backwards, but it didn't cost me any extra. 
uh, something I think we're probably a little more com uh, a little more commonplace, right? This is just a simple Kydex holster. Uh, it's got a, it's a simple belt clip to it, right? Slides into the side inside your pants, right? It's an IWB inside the waistband holster. Uh, your gun sits in here. It's held with passive retention, and uh, you know, I think this was like 25 bucks on Amazon. Not gonna lie, um, you shouldn't spend. It, it didn't need much more. <laughs> uh, I don't know where Jim went. I'm hoping he's going to grab some holsters. Um, <laughs> you guys had, you know. There's and, you know, every scenario is different, and I, I, feel I feel like, like I'm going to repeat myself a lot tonight. <laughs> every gun is different, every holster is different, every person is different, every car is different, every gas station is different, right? Right. Um, but holsters are as unique as the guns are. Um, yeah. You know, holsters have different purposes. Holsters have different amounts of retention. Holsters carry in different places, so... Matching your intentions on what your gun does will dictate a lot on what kind of a holster and what type of holster you, you carry. I wouldn't, you know, as long as you're going to have a couple of the cloud guns just so that we can show the real holsters because the guns are replicas of real guns, but I mean, clearly, this is the point, it's a training tool. But this is a holster, nice and snug, and the trigger is completely covered. You have a lot of fake guns that, that have holsters that fit them. <laughs> uh, the, the clown gun, I specifically went and bought a holster for it because I wanted to be able to carry it in a holster in class. The, uh, the other one is just a replica of a gun that I own, so of course it fits in the holster meant for another gun. <laughs> I was looking around for this holder store when I realized, oh, it's on my belt. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know, to AJ's point, you got to try out a bunch of holsters. You're going to buy some that make, you know, that fit, that work don't work right um you know for me a lot of people like alien gear holsters i think they're a quality product i couldn't carry with it it, it didn't fit me well it's not a it's not a judgment on the holster it, just, it didn't suit me well um, preference yeah a lot of it you know for, honestly these cheap kydex holsters i love them they, they like i said this is like 25 bucks on amazon um Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, so make sure it's in frame there. Um, there's a there's a slew of them, right? Like this here is just a uh, a trigger guard holster, right? Got a piece of paracord on it. I loop this around my belt. This goes around the trigger guard, fully covers the trigger. It can sit in my pocket safely. I practice my draw on how I pull it out as I'm drawing, right? This attached to my belt loop, pulls it right off the firearm, ready to go. Like just an appendix rig. I mean, not no joke. There's like, it's like four hundred dollars worth of holsters. I just showed you guys. Didn't, didn't show you this one, which is the outside the waistband. It was by far the most expensive one. It's a Safari Land holster. Get it in the light there. It's also super comfortable. But I had to go through two or three iterations of this, right? Before this, I had a Blackhawk Serpa. I liked it, but Blackhawk Serpas have some... I, I don't know how to phrase it. There's some concern. Well, I would say reputation problems. problems. Yeah. Or engineering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's something. It's more reputation based on what, what men feel to be a, a bad design. I mean, they were. I mean, they were literally the golden child for a few years there. Yeah. And then we realized that you know the button is right in line with the trigger, which was actually intentional, so that your finger rested right where it was when you went to grab it. The problem with that is, when holstering or unholstering, 
your finger can, and many people have, hit the trigger pulling or reholstering their gun. And, you know, you get a negligent discharge charge, and sometimes it landed in a leg or a thigh. Absolutely. I think the holster itself is great. The retention is great. The problem is the release and the position of it, you know? Well, my understanding, too, is, is if it's all dirty, it's possible to get dirt under the mechanism, and now it won't unlock, and so your gun's not coming off your belt. Hmm. Interesting. I used one for a very long time. I don't think I've ever cleaned it. <laughs> <laughs> so... The Blackhawks are the thing. I I recently sold a firearm that I did have a Blackhawks or a holster for. I haven't carried it in, with that holster in years. Um, when I sold the gun, I sold it with all the other holsters I had for it. I did not sell that Blackhawks Serpa with it just because I, I just wasn't comfortable, um, you know, providing that to somebody who was a new firearm owner and, you know... Yeah, I just was concerned about the potential there. So, yeah, just good quality holsters. Okay. Uh, what's your guys' take on, are you familiar with the Urban Carry holster? I believe the trigger we're looking for is hot garbage. <laughs> AJ, you look like you don't know what we're talking about. No. So that's that, that, that little pouch that hangs completely inside your hand. Oh, that thing! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I know how I feel about it, but uh, don't. I think it looks ridiculous. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is that I don't like about it? I'll be damned if that doesn't throw me into. Dad bod territory with the cell phone on my hip. Yeah, it instantly throws you into. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I feel like I should be wearing white New Balances with high socks and cargo shorts and pushing a lawnmower. Like, that, I don't know. Just khaki, uh. Yeah, I agree. You'll go to the back first. I think that's the same category, Jim. Oh boy. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. It seems seems like more work than the other holsters on the market. I would agree. Yeah, Could be wrong. I've never used I've one. Never, I've never used one. But it sure seems to me that unless your waistband is really loose, that's gonna be one hell of a difficult pull to get that thing out. Well and truthfully it's a two hand operation. Yes. You need the one hand to pull it, the other hand to draw. So that in of itself kills the other holster. Yeah, absolutely. Anything two-handed is out. Yeah, I, I just I feel like in the heat of the moment, like if I needed to draw my firearm, I would pull on that urban carry and my gun would launch and it'd probably go right into the hands of the person that I would be trying to defend myself against. Yeah. Oh, I was pulling up their website. It looks like they have regular leather holsters, too. So, I mean, I'm sure they have some decent products out there. Oh, they got, yeah, leather, all kinds of different stuff on here, so, I don't know. I'd be interested to meet somebody that has one and get their feedback on it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I... I've never seen one uh, in person. I've never. <laughs> I would be interested. Uh, maybe there's some Amazon reviews we can look at later. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a ton of holsters out there. Just like anything, and we say it in class. Quality doesn't come cheap. You, you know, if it's five dollars. Right, it's it's not, most likely not going to be a quality product. Um, but you got a comment, did we already go over uh, Alien Gear? And I'll just reiterate, Alien Gear makes a solid product. Uh, what is it, their Cloak Tuck or Tuck 3.0? Well, the thing is, if you want to talk brands, I'm sitting here staring at my holsters. I don't know what brand they are. I, that's, that's not something that I've ever... Found where, oh yeah, I really like this brand and I stick to it. I don't even know what brand these are. You know, that have been 
telling you guys, you know, I, I I got caught up in the hype, and I bought a holster that you see it on the company online. Like it's the best thing since sliced bread. It's it's amazing. It's like not even wearing it. No, you gotta have it. It's just this great holster, and so I spent the money, fair portion of money. Waited a month for it. Uh, you would think I would have learned my lesson by now. It's it's a quality holster. It's just it's a Kydex holster, right? Like it's good. It it works. It's concealed. It's uncomfortable. It it is not you know like a leather holster. So I don't know. Um, everybody's different. You know I I, I tell everybody that. For me, carrying has never been comfortable. Uh, it's always a hassle. It's always work. It is what it is. Right? Yeah. So, man, we kind of rolled through the topics I had <laughs> pretty quick. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you guys wanted to cover? I'm gonna find more. I was talking about holsters too. I mean, you gotta buy some holsters because you're talking about ones that. You don't like anymore, but they're the same purpose. And keep in mind that partially that box is sometimes full of holsters because you change how you carry. A lot of the holsters sitting in my unused box are inside the waistband holsters, and I just never did find that comfortable anymore. That I like having to buy pants in two different sizes based on whether they would be with a gun or not. So I switched to, to outside the waistband, and well, gee, now you start over with, with holster acquisition again. Just don't feel bad when you got that box of holsters you're not using anymore. It's just the evolution of learning how to carry. You know, soon we'll be at the best time of year, which is hoodie season. Which what season? Hoodie. hoodie. Oh, Jim. Hoodies, not, it. you know, hood. Oh, I didn't think the age of the pudding, like pudding. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, pudding season, dude. I love pudding season, man. I'm okay with either. Uh, also, okay. you can carry whatever you want season. Exactly, right? That's when it's, you know, full frame, full size frame pistol. Gonna get that holster for my, for my AR pistol one of these days. Right after I get that AR pistol. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, but winter does change how you got to carry, right? Are you going to have choppers or mittens or gloves? Are you going to suddenly be, you know, pulling six layers of clothing up to get to your firearm? Um, kind of the mentality we talk about, right? Like, yet if you're going to carry, you, you got to spend a lot of time thinking about it throughout. Not a lot of time, but every day you're going to spend some time thinking about it. You need to coordinate your... your your outfits, your holsters, your guns. Um, if you're gonna have. But it does it does bring up another point too. You talk about carrying the the VR pistol. You can definitely carry a bigger pistol in in January than you can in July. So, you know, sometimes that means we have two, three, four different pistols that we might be using. One of the things I like to to talk about when we talk about having multiple pistols is just make sure they all work the same way. I call it the one paradigm approach. You don't want a striker fire pistol and a single action only that has to be carried, cocked, and locked, or you know, just because you don't want to have to think, okay, which one was I carrying today? What do I have to do? Oh crap, I'm dead. So if they all work the same way, you should perform the same way. Yeah, there's uh, nothing more fun than uh, Strapping on that inside or putting back on that inside the waistband holster in January when maybe your guns had to sit in your vehicle because you were, you know, at work or running into your kid's school or something and it's, uh, oh, it's invigorating. It's like a good cup of coffee, except it sucks. Well, it's good to, to, you know, go there and How many times have you had this guy's been at the range and the student pulls out a, a gun with the manual safety? They load it, they rack the slide, they get ready to shoot, and click. And you know full well what happened, they didn't turn off the safety. They were sitting there staring at the gun like, do what's wrong. And if that were a real situation, that's just time for big bad guys to advance on you. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be like that. My, my comment on that is always, you know, 
it's another item that can fail and it's another thing you can fail at. That's, you know, that's, if you have the opportunity, uh, I think a lot of it is, is comfort level too, right? So it's the similar to the people who, who choose to not, who, who choose to carry with an empty chamber. Like, it's another step you have to go through. It's another thing you have to do in a split-second reaction. Uh, and you're likely to screw it up. So whether it is a carrying on an empty chamber, having a safety. Um, that being said, there are some guns that if you're going to carry with... There are some guns you need to have a safety on. Um, if you're going to carry like a hammerback situation with one oh, yeah, single uh, yeah. you know, an engine alarm stun gun, absolutely, has to be carried cocked and locked. And that's fine, but I mean, you have got to train drawing and turning off that safety to make sure that it's automatic. Yeah. Well, uh, we're to have a, a, an actual presentation on that in the next few weeks as a, a buddy of mine carries that way and has carried a, a gun with, with a badge next to it for many years and he wants to be the condition like it's, it's a it's an entirely different approach to how you carry and how you practice drawing and getting ready to fire yeah yeah absolutely well is there anything else you guys want to dive into we still got to fill a little bit i can think of is, you, you know, know you were talking about going into hoodie season, season and you base you, you know you kind of brush the surface of going to change how you carry, which is true, um, but it should also change how you train. Um, I like to stress this a lot in our, our classes that, you know, we obviously have two very dramatic seasons with a little gray area on each end, right? So getting into the colder seasons, you're going to wear bigger clothes, you're going to wear those gloves, you're going to wear those choppers, you're going to, you know be in and out of the car maybe when you're fueling more often things like that so um what i like to stress especially telling people to train bring those things to the range with you bring your jacket bring your hoodie bring your gloves um and you know i mean nobody wants to stand in an outside gun range when it's zero degrees outside and do those things and i understand the The idea that maybe you don't want to bring those things all into an indoor gun range, but you know maybe you can bring some of them. Wear your hoodie and wear a pair of gloves or your choppers, and at least practice throwing those off when you go to pull your gun. You know, moving that sweatshirt, moving that jacket, doing different things. Um, a lot of these things you can do at home also with uh, an empty gun, a decoy gun, you know, a gun loaded with uh, dummy rounds, things like that. So. Try different things, train, because if you don't train, your brain's going to turn off in a pressure situation and and you're not going to react how you think you're going to. No, you're absolutely right. You've got to train with what you're wearing. If 95% if of the time you, you are carrying, you happen to be wearing something like a sport coat, you should have a sport coat that you wear to the range. I mean, just about every time. I mean, one that you don't mind getting covered in the red dust because it's going to happen, but... Yeah, you've got to know how to get that sport coat out of the way when you pull the gun or whatever you're wearing as the, as the season changes. Go down to the Goodwill and get yourself a gun range sport coat for 10 bucks. and get crazy, you know? Yep. Yeah, uh, AJ, I'm glad you touched on training at home. I'm a big advocate of doing what you can at home. Uh, it's expensive to go to the range. Um, you can't Generally, you cannot draw from a holster or draw from concealment on a range. Um, oh, yeah, I think I'll let you turn on the lights through your flashlight technique. <laughs> Look, everybody just bear with me. I need to do this. Uh, yeah, I'm a big advocate of training at home, you know. Um, you got to do it safely, right? Clear gun, dummy gun if you have one, you know, clown guns as Jim calls them. Um, you know, for me, well, I call this one the clown gun just because of the colors. Uh, you know, but I I go in my garage, right? I, I'm like you're saying clone. Clown. Clown. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, I go in my garage. Um you know, my garage is underground, so even if I was to screw up, which I'm not, 
keep I keep my gun pointed in a safe direction. I don't point it up. I don't point it towards the door. I keep my finger off the trigger unless I'm doing dry fire practice. That's a little different process. A lot more mental thought goes into that process before I do anything. But whatever training you can do at home, I would recommend you do because it's cost effective and uh, it's more training, which again, none of us... We train a lot, and none of us train enough, so, you know. I mean, if you've got land, that's great, but if you don't, you just have to improvise and, and do the best you can with a lot of this stuff. But practicing drawing without any ammo in the gun is better than not practicing at all. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of having land, going back to what we first talked about, steel cased ammo does have the potential to... Uh, be a fire hazard, retains heat. Additionally, that's steel ammo. If you're shooting it on your land and it happens to be steel core, you minute, but it's not unheard of. Uh, again, fire potential, so just throw that out there. Fire season. Uh, I feel like most all of the Pacific Northwest is on fire right now, so yes, it is fire season. All right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll just wrap it up a little early this week, uh, which isn't fitting with all of my technical difficulties that I had. Yeah, we apologize. We, uh, we're, we're trying to make this better and better and better in the process. We're trying some new technologies, and they don't all work the way we wanted to in the first try. So. Yeah, it, it's a learning curve. Uh, we're trying to bring some higher production value to it. Um, as always, this will be available on YouTube uh, tomorrow. Uh, I would encourage you all go subscribe to our YouTube channel if you don't mind. Uh, it's TC. I, mean, I gotta subscribe still. Yes, you should. We have like six subscribers. If both of you subscribe, I love seeing myself on YouTube. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't like seeing myself in a mirror, let alone on. Uh, yeah, you don't like seeing me on YouTube? YouTube? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't like seeing any of us on YouTube. How's that? Oh, um, well, I sure you're the one that put us there. there. I, yes, yes I am. Uh, I'm also looking at for radio. radio. Oh, right. That's why we need to figure out how to do a podcast on this and get this listed as a, as a podcast. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that would help a little bit. Uh, so yeah, um, you know, if you're not viewing this on our face, uh, if you're viewing this on Facebook, Go ahead and look for Twin Cities Carry uh, group on Facebook. Go ahead and uh, register to join the group. Um, all of our instructors and moderators will get you approved pretty quick. You can find us uh, at TC Carry on YouTube. Website is tccarry.com. If uh, you're interested in or need to do your permit to carry, uh, reach out. Let us know. One thing. Uh, one thing I want to mention. Hennepin County and Ramsey County. If you live in those counties and you've recently or are planning on completing your permit to carry, you need to call the sheriff, uh, call Ramsey County and Hennepin County Sheriff, and schedule an appointment. People I was talking to yesterday, both of them, their appointments are out into December right now. So you can take class with us, get through in short order in a week or so, you still are going to have to wait till December to actually file your paperwork, and then you're going to have a 30-day wait after that before you actually receive your permit. So uh, I can't stress enough to uh, to call and get uh, your appointments scheduled. You know, and what I had, had 16 people at the range last night. Half of them were were Hennepin County. So you know, I don't know how many appointments they're doing a day, but it is, um, it's filming. Well, I've heard they've got a schedule about every 10 minutes, and it's, it's not that they aren't trying, it's just that there are so many people applying. They're in the same situation we were this summer, where all of a sudden there was just much more capacity than the infrastructure could handle. Well, when you start talking about removing the police. Um, there's a note in here from Sam for Conceal and Carry. Does the gun have to be covered by your shirt? So, in Minnesota, 
you can either open carry or conceal carry. We advocate for conceal carry, why give up that advantage, but um, you don't have to cover it in Minnesota. Now that's not the same in every state, right? That's specific to Minnesota. Um, but yeah, you, you can conceal it or you can carry, you can open carry. And sort of the answer is for concealed, yeah, it does have to be covered by something because otherwise it's not concealed. But there's no requirement or legal. Well, I'm just saying if you want to carry concealed, there is an implication that there is something covering it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that some states, um, even printing is considering brandishing. Oh, yeah, I mean, Florida is a great example of that. I mean, Florida concealed is defined and strict, and there will be not perfectly concealed in the interaction with a law enforcement officer. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, we managed to fill almost an hour. I'm, I'm impressed with that. Should, should we really address the question was asked on this too about you know, buying from an actual relating company? Yeah. I know that the range that typically people like to buy from those companies either even in, in shortage of times like this, unless they are you know a real standalone corporation with a physical address. I mean, they actually have the reputation akin to a, a, an animal manufacturer. They're not going to buy from, mm -hmm. you know, Joe, you know, friendly, who's set up an animal, a reloading press in his garage and then just filed for a corporation in Delaware to sell mm -hmm. ammo to people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the comment was, you know, do our, my advice, our advice, excuse me, on big reloading companies like LAX Ammo. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a fan of, of once-fired brass reloads, um, even when it's done by a, a company with insurance and quality and QC programs um, and, you know, automated machines. Uh, the price break for once-fired brass that's been reloaded, remanufactured, for me was not worth the quality issues I've run into running, whether it be LAX or um, Freedom Munitions and things like that. Uh, that being said, you know, you can run it. It is, they have a QC in, in place, right? They're, they're weighing their rounds as they're going through. Um, it's just, I never, you know, I never liked the, the cost breakdown, although, you know, so we're talking about it. Let's see what they're looking at. So, oh, let's see. I'm just going to their website right now. Redefining reloads. Alright. Factory reloads. Handgun reloads. 9mm reloads. If we're even able to, to find any. Right. Alright. So. Boy. Uh, LAX ammunition reloaded. 9mm. 115 grain, 1,500 rounds, $619, although it's out of stock. Is it just me, or should you rethink, because when you look at their, their URL, it looks like their name is Last Ammo. That doesn't connotate well in my mind. Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, so everything's out of stock, right? And that's, that's what it is everywhere right now. Uh... You know, I mean, LAX ammunition reloaded 9 millimeter, 147 grain. Looks like it normally retails at 11.75 a box. You know, that's. I don't know what it was before COVID, before protests. Um, 11.75 a box. I'd rather buy. I'd rather buy brass that's never been fired from. Federal or Winchester or PMC or something like that. It's just it's not. Not a needle mover, um, and again, it's it's a thinner wall case just because it has been fired. Yeah, again, it goes through a QC program, but I'm just not a fan of reloads even from them. LX38 Super reloads compared to other sources. Uh, Joel, I'm going to take a look at that, but I'll be honest, you know, I'm not familiar with 38 Super uh prices it's not something I I have in my inventory um, 
Well, keep in mind, Joel just recently bought a 38 Super to be his carry gun, so. Nice. That's his, that's his new favorite caliber. I can understand why. But it's just a great point. That's what's available sometimes these days are those lesser used calibers because they get, you know, a couple of boxes in and then nobody's looking for them, so they, they manage to sit there for a little while. You know, the 38 Super, you know, the uh, you know, other oddball stuff might be there, but I mean, 38 Super is one of those cartridges that just kind of never caught on because it was always the second fiddle of some other new thing every time. But if you look at the ballistics on a 38 Super, it's a pretty viable cartridge. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Man, LAX Ammunition Reloaded 38 Super, 124 grain hollow point, 500 for... One twenty nine ninety nine. Also out of stock. <laughs> oh, everything's out of stock. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of weird stuff. That's why I wanted to touch on the the steel case, the uh, aluminum case, right? You're seeing a lot of brands, a lot of that maybe are not common. Uh, it's really, you know, people are kind of just pulling everything out of the out of the rafters in the back of the closet right now. Um, I don't know how you do that because whenever I said the variable, the same manufacturer would have to put those shells and reload them. Otherwise, you're going to just do all kinds of other potential reasons that you got a failure. You know, the only place I could think that would have done something like a study like that would probably be Lucky Gunner. Um, they do a lot of a lot of stuff like that, but I don't know that I've seen anything on, you know, on that. Um, I don't know that anybody's ever really done anything on like on that. So maybe Lucky Gunner or Pew Pew Tactical. I, I would check either there. I'll I'll do a little research after this if I can if I can find something. I'll come back and reply to that comment with uh, a link. Just do a quick search here. Uh, 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 uh. That is definitely not about firearms. I'll look into it later. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. Well, I think we'll call it there. I appreciate the comments. Appreciate you guys sitting through the uh, technical difficulties. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we'll have the the bugs ironed out. Have our audio cleaned up a little bit and. Uh, you know, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, that being said, Jim, AJ, we'll talk to you later. You guys have a, uh, a good night.